Every day in New York City, over 8 million people work, live, and play. Doctors, lawyers, artists. This podcast will explore the human mind and- Richie, dude, what are you doing? I'm just trying to make it fun and inspiring. I mean, what's your problem? What's your problem, dude? Get to the point. What's Your Problem is a weekly podcast where some of the funniest people we know open up about what's bothering them, what their issue is, and we try to help them out. We're your hosts, Richie Tolway. I'm Justy Dodge. Thanks so much for listening. I brought it up now, you I brought, brought it up now. I can bring it up now. We're fighting right now. Me and Richie are having a little issue. Did you just throw your phone? No, I dropped my phone. I dropped my phone. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. God damn, you're fucking... <sighs> what? Give me the word. Come on. I don't want to say it on recording. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> fucking twat. This week's episode is really fun, as all of them are. But Paul Hooper, very, very funny comedian. Probably one of my all-time favorites, honestly. Who's, yeah. Who's yeah, very great. underrated. Um, I, I, I became such a huge fan of, uh, of Paul Hooper on this episode because he's a little wild child. He's a fucking, he's a psychopath, but in a great way. Yeah. <laughs> I love the sense of chaos that uh, he creates that he wants to create everywhere. It's he, great. He's, he's OCD mixed in with uh, an addict and an alcoholic who's sober now, who never went to rehab or treatment or anything like that. So it's it's interesting to hear about that. He hasn't drank it for I think it's like seven or eight years. Seven or eight years. That's so crazy without but, anything. Mm-mm. Ugh. He's a he's a chain smoker though, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, and he makes weird noises and yells random things. He just he's a little. <laughs> Makes a lot of eh noises and yells Marty for no fucking reason all the time. One of the funny stories, though, just to go from complete like psycho <laughs> loner on the road, you know, destroying and partying things uh, to going sober and then still doing it. Or no, well, he went, he goes OCD crazy. He's still and, insane. Yeah. And he arranges his uh, he alphabetizes his underwear and shit. <laughs> No, he keeps all of his receipts for everything. Oh, he keeps his receipt. Yeah, he's a, he is crazy. He's Every a receipt. This is a guy who, if he sees a piece of paper flying around outside, he assumes it's his social security card that is locked away somewhere in the South. But it's, <sighs> he's just, he's absolutely insane, but he's a delight. A this is the first delight. person I've ever heard that I would tell him to go back drinking. <laughs> I want to see what you're like <laughs> fucked up. This is how good you are sober. I can't imagine. Uh, this was such a fun episode. You guys are going to love it. Do you drive? Um, you, know, you have a license? Yeah. Do you I drive? I wouldn't, I've, I'm scared to drive in New York. I really? It. Yeah. I'm, I come from a place where there's just like one stoplight. Like there's like the, the shit here is like terrifying to me. Oh, it is for like a year or so. And then you, well, you don't care about your life. So like if it ends, it ends. Richie, like, you know, I think you're pretty, I think you're more aware and safe about things. <laughs> than no, me? No, I just. Yeah. You're, you're a reckless man. I'm not reckless. No, I'm conscientious. I've just learned to zen with driving because like in Arizona, you like Google map it and it's like, it'll be 40 minutes. And you're like, well, if I do 80, I can get there in, you know, 20 minutes. Psycho. But here it's like, it'll be 40 minutes. It will just, you're not well, going to beat traffic. Yeah. They know how it's going to go. It will take 40 minutes guaranteed. Don't try to beat it. Just cruise. I don't know. You've been driving though forever. This is just, you just push closer, like you get closer to people here mm -hmm. than other cities. Mm -hmm. So what's two feet away from a car is six inches away from a car. And then they give in, but because <laughs> no one wants to like wreck their car and right, stand outside in the cold. Time. Yeah, it, I know. Like, but. I see accidents all the time here. 
Yeah, I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah, I, seen a bu- I saw a bunch today, but still. Today. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> yeah, they still will give in. It's, I don't know. It's like. How many accidents have you been in in New York? None. Oh, that's shocking. Other than like bumping oh, when you you're just, parking and shit. But you like hit some dude's Range Rover. You have a new joke about it. Oh, that was in Jersey. That's yeah, great. that was uh, a few months ago. <laughs> I did. But that was where I learned to parallel park in New York. So you bump someone <laughs> and then you just go on. And then I was at a gas station in Jersey. And I just backed into a guy I was going to go on, and there was a guy in the car <laughs> who didn't play by New York rules, and he just fucking cursing at me. We had to stop. We had to call the cops. Oh, yes, man. And then I got a ticket for 90 bucks, even really? though the cop yeah. didn't see it. Yeah. Just because you hit his car? Yeah, the guy, well, the guy was screaming. He had this fucking was white- Was he like a Jersey Guido, like, my fucking car? No, he was a young dude, and it was like a white Range Rover, and there was nothing on it, but I backed into it right where, I guess, on a Range Rover, there's cameras or sensors. That's all he said. He goes, it's a Range Rover, it's a Range Rover, it's a Range Rover, and he's like, it's got sensors. I'm like, it's not a scratch on it, man. He's like, you understand, it's got sensors. He's got sensors. I'm like, what the fuck do you want to do, man? <laughs> Ten minutes of sensors in Range Rover, a thousand times each, gratuitous. Range Rover, Range Rover. And he's like, let's call the cops. We call the cops. And then he fills out a report. And the cop's like, well, we, my lieutenant wants me to write tickets, even if I didn't see it. So here you go, 90 bucks. And then my insurance company, I guess the guy didn't do anything. He didn't take it in. There was no damage. Right. Well, yeah. So and can you fight the ticket, or did you just pay it? I just paid it. Yeah. I just I paid too. it because it's like, yeah, I'm not going to fight it's it. It's too much work. Well, if it's going to jack up your insurance or some shit like that, you know, maybe. Yeah. But. Well, you're going to die soon. You're like 50. Ah, oh, no. I'm 41, and I'm spry <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm healthy. I'm losing weight for no good reason. You never... No, I thought you were... Because uh, you had a roommate that would constantly try to lose weight, but you, you just stay at the same no matter what you eat. No, I lost 10 or 15 pounds like a year ago. And haven't gained it back, and I'm eating garbage food, well, which is I, weird. But never, nothing's wrong with me. That's I don't think. the weird part too. Is like you've never he eats like a like a fucking seventeen year old kid from the south. Like you, like probably how you used to be when you were fat. I still do probably. You eat like that? I eat garbage. No, no, no. He, I mean, like, Richie was freaking out today because what did you have? I oh, I said I had cookies and crack. I just ate nothing but shit. Okay, I still but that's eat, like Paul's I, I, I'm diet. I'm a black hole of food, though. I will eat. Paul, that's <laughs> Paul's diet, though. Every day, like he doesn't. Yeah, I've never amazing. seen him have a vegetable. I don't think. I, Boston Market vegetables. Boston Market. But that doesn't count. <laughs> it's a superfood. I don't know Market. how you're still alive. You, you're a chain smoker. You're a recovering <laughs> alcoholic and a drug addict. Recovering though, so well, those things are gone. So they're not gone though because you're st- you're you're a dry drunk. That's your other issue. I don't know what the difference is. Everybody t- with I, I, I the program this. gives me shit about you're being drunk. a dry drunk because you just because you stopped drinking and using drugs, you still have all the character traits and and, and problems <laughs> like that like what? that you still had when you were. I don't know. You're a fucking crazy person. You have crazy. no stability. You have no idea how to communicate for the most part. Uh, you, you've developed OCD in like this weird. That's an overcorrection. The OCD stuff oh. is, you know, I was probably neurotic all my life. Then I was reckless for <laughs> 10 years. And then you, to get sober, he's, you got to go the other extreme. Yeah, he's balancing out. It's a pendulum. He's just he's going to swing back to the center. Hopefully. Soon. Yeah, I, ho- I hope. You don't have time to swing back to the center. It's been 10 years of reckless, 10 years of like overanalyzing hopefully i come back paul does have fascinating stories um from when he was drinking yeah mostly about you know buying a male prostitute and peeing on you know his friends i love peeing <laughs> on people so much <laughs> even when you're sober <laughs> i peed on so many people and their cars <laughs> you were yeah. probably the meanest because you're a dick now no like, not at all no you're like you're like a sweetheart guy but like i can't imagine Can we you, reschedule this podcast i can't imagine you <laughs> being fucked up and like the shit you would do. It was all for the laugh, I think. 
<laughs> and out of boredom. But I always thought that I hated the predictable stuff. So that's why I'm happy I had some original work in my drinking. Because <laughs> I just hated the idea of, uh, I don't know, everyone goes out and yells about sports or they try to get laid. Whatever. It was just boring me. I'd really just tear a TV off the wall. Yeah. I wanted to see I'm for that. what you don't see a lot at a bar. And that's if some guy pulls his dick out and just pees on the dance floor or throws a garbage can at his friend or yeah. you slap each other. It's Felonies. just I wanted to see something yeah. different. You don't see a lot of that. You see a guy trying to get laid. You see well, people vomiting, people yelling, people yelling, talking about sports. So and you, I just can't take that you, in every town. You whipping out your dick or, you know, breaking yeah. breaking things. That, you know, that's just illegal shit. Yeah, you're right. It's illegal, yeah. So people don't really do and it. And I got you're in trouble right. for it, but I was just bored. <laughs> and then there's the a mayhem. You need, you need the mayhem people, though. You need that. The man? Mayhem. Oh, the mayhem. You need the people that are just going to do it to cause a little mayhem. That's great. Something. Yes. A disturbance. <laughs> it's what I would want to see. I, I, always... I say you swing all the way back now. I was going to start drinking again. Why don't you center, relapse tonight? I'm saying go back. Mayhem. I know if I would, if I start drinking again, it's because I want to die. It'll be, it will be a suicidal thing. Yeah. I, I would never drink again. I know, I know if I drank right now, I don't, I couldn't indulge the idea of like, oh, I could just have fun with it. Right. And control it. I know I can't. And I know I'd be dead in a week. I know I'd be dead in a week. You're ripping every TV off the wall. Yeah. And I don't know if it would be as fun as it was. I mean, I was like 30 when I quit <laughs> drinking. I drank from like, you know, 19 to 30. 22 to 30 was the mess. And then for the last 10 years, I've been sober. So I don't know. It wouldn't be as fun loving. Why? Why do you think, I mean, like, I think alcoholism is a lot more common and easily, like, attainable for anyone to do. But do you think there is, like, a specific thing that, like, kind of kind of drove you to drink all the time or to use drugs all the time? Other than you're from the South and you're a maniac? No, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if I buy into, like, I, I guess it was hereditary, but I don't blame it on that, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, uh, no, I just started, I made fun of all the kids in high school that started drinking early. You didn't start drinking? No, then. and I wouldn't smoke, I wouldn't drink, and then I didn't have my first drink till I was 19, I didn't have my first cigarette till I was 21, I did it all late. Yeah. And then drugs were probably around 22, like, I didn't try anything, weed, coke. What happened was... the first time you drank? Uh, it, nothing crazy happened when I was 19. Right. I think it was a beach trip with, like, high school friends, and we just drank, and I mean, I got drunk, but we didn't do anything, we were drinking a bunch of beer. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Nothing. Cr I mean, you broke a ceiling fan or something. <laughs> like condo. But it was all minor and nothing was happening. We were throwing up still and falling down all and just laughing. Shit. Yeah, it was sad. And then <laughs> 22 is when I started comedy. So then booze was free. Right. And maybe I started, I can call it a different era at this time where like the comedy club I started at down in the same strip mall, there was, there was a strip club and there was like club courtesy. So the dancers would come to the comedy club, and we would go down there. They give us free booze, <laughs> and then everybody. I worked at the comedy club, and I just got free alcohol for two years. Okay, I mean, I, I didn't pay for a drink, and that you know a lot of like bars in Charlotte. So it was just easy. And then it was all this like nightlife that I wasn't used to. So I was I could legally drink, and then everybody's giving it to me for free. And then I just took that from there to the road, where it was just more booze. For free. Do you think your tolerance just kind of built up? Yeah. It was never like, I'm sad or anything like that? No. At the end, it was sad and angry drinking. Sure. In the last year or two. But it, no, it was just all for the fun of it. I think that's, then, I don't think that's wrong. Like, I don't think that's not like possible. I think people do kind of harp on the thing like something traumatic had to happen. Yeah. Either. I don't no. think that's always the case. I do think it can happen like that. Like, you know, Paul just is careless and just started drinking heavily. Yeah. And it, doesn't it just, it just, it was there and it can happen. Yeah. So it did happen. Yeah. And I yeah. think I was in my twenties. It was what you do in a way. And then some of it, it was just, I was in a, like a business that uh, enabled it. And right. then 
A lot of it was free, so I got some of the perks, and then I was just, and I was irresponsible. <laughs> Do you think the boring part has to play with that, though, too? Like, I was bored. Yeah. Like, even yeah, as a sure. kid, why do you think that, like, because do you think you're, like, smarter, like, too smart for your own good when you were growing up? And not, like, no, in an ego way. No, I don't way. think so, no. I mean, I believe I'm a smart guy, but, not know. Not book smart, even, but, like. I don't know. It came, I dropped out of high school, so. Yeah, when? When, in 10th grade. Twice. I dropped out. And drop? it was in, like, advanced classes. <laughs> you, like, failed dropping out. Yeah, <laughs> like, my mom pushed me. My mom was, like, uh, I dropped out once. And then she was like a single mother, you know, working mother. And she, I was like, I want to be homeschooled. And she's like, I work. This, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I just hated the other kids so much. I want to stay home. So I dropped out of 10th grade, went back, and dropped out again. And then what did you do? Then I was like, I want to get my GED. And she's like, you're not getting a GED. You're getting a diploma. I'm like, well, I'm not going back to high school. So the compromise was go to the community college, do their high school like completion program. Okay. Which took just as much time as if I had stayed in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another two years. So at 19, I got my diploma from a community college. Right. My friend Vicky so, did that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But it's like so I have a diploma, but it looks weird. Right. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that proud of it. I mean, you know, I did it for my mom. She pushed and pushed and pushed, and then finally I gave in. You don't have any siblings either, right? No, I have two half-sisters. From your mom or dad? My dad. You, but your dad left. My dad left. And got remarried. My dad's on Did you grow up with them or? No. Okay. I met them when they were babies and then we sort of reconnected. Like I know them now. I'll see them this week, like later this week. When did you reconnect? How old were you? Uh, when I started doing, they came out like 10 years ago to a show. That's so fucking weird. So you grew up as an only, only child. Only yeah. child. Yeah, you didn't have like the half sister. They were weird because right. it was, they were raised, they had an older brother. Like they were, I guess there were photos of me at the house and that like, that's your older brother, Paul. But I was never, I was older than them. So I thought, oh, I have two half sisters right. that I don't see. So I have this that bit I used to do about being an only child. When they came to the show, they're like, I have a bone to pick with you. You're not an only child. You have sisters. I'm like, no, technically, I'm Fuck an only you, child. You're my half-sisters. But you didn't have a relationship with your dad. No, but now I do. That's so, We're again, reconnecting. All this stuff is coming back around. Yeah, that's really weird. It is strange. I, I'm, I'm but, surprised you're not angry about it. Well, not angry, but like, especially because he raised two other kids. Did I be jealous or something? I mean, I think it'd be, I think I'd have a hard time if my father like left me and my mom and then went and had another family and just had nothing to do with me. Until. No, it was different between my dad and I, like I stopped, my dad had visitation and somewhere, I don't remember, 10 or 12 years old. I'm like, I don't want to go anymore. I didn't like him as a kid. So, which was a big deal. I remember they sent me to a psychologist because they might have to like, the psychologist needed to determine whether my mom was putting me up to it or right. these were my own thoughts because it might go to court because he was fighting it. You know, oh, my okay. mom had planted these ideas okay. in my head not to see him anymore, which she didn't. Right. I was just like, I, he was like, had a hot temper and he scared me as a kid. I didn't like him and he was very strict. What my mom you- was very lenient. He was very strict and I couldn't, you know, process the two. It was like two different worlds. What that, kind of hot temper like he, like three He never did or- anything physically to me. But no, it was just, he was very, he right. might have had some OCD in him too. I go see him and it was all about, you know, if you didn't hold the fork the right way or if you dropped the fork on the plate, he looked like he was going to fucking kill you. And then if you, you know, a lot of times you go over there and you're like, paint, we're painting the house this weekend. If you did, you didn't do it perfectly, he would lose it. Not in a physical way, but he would just snap. I that mean, can be if scary, you rake though. the yard, every leaf, every leaf, it was very like Damn. drill sergeant sort so of. So you were terrified of him. I was terrified. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it. So I'm like, I don't want to see this guy. And my mom was the sweetest person in the world to me. So I'm like, as a kid, you're just like, this is no fun with him. Did I you- love being home with my mom, but you can't put it into words as a kid. So when you reconnected as an adult with your dad. Yeah. Did he ever bring that up? Was he ever like, what the fuck? Oh, I saw him. I drove. He lives in Missouri now, and I was driving through on the road, and I stayed a night with him, and then we talked all this stuff out, and he didn't realize it. Basically, what I said to you, I'm like, I just didn't think I could like process it as a kid. I go, you were yeah. very strict. 
And he's like, well, I was just trying to do the best. I'm like, this is how you raise a kid. You got to teach your son how to do certain things and do them correctly. But I think he was just a little over the top with it. And then my mom was like lenient and gave me all this freedom. And as a kid, of course, you choose the one sure. that's more yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hot and cold. Was it yeah. weekends you had Weekends, every other yeah, weekend. So yeah, like, yeah, two days out of 14, all of a sudden you're like snapped into like this military yeah. school. You're like, no, fuck that. Yeah, that's... fuck that. And that's what it was, <laughs> I think. Because he, well, I mean, now I look back and I sort of respect some of the lessons. He took it too far in a way, but yeah. it's a crazy way. It, he was a little too strict and he maybe he didn't understand how a kid would take that. Um, but now I look back, I'm like, he just wanted to do, now that I know my dad's upbringing, I understand. My dad was raised poor. Then went into the military around Vietnam uh, and was like a medic and got out. And that sort of screwed him up. And then he had to work for everything. He finally made some decent money. And my mom said he was very OCD about the things, whether it's the car, the house and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, he was just raised poor. Had to go through like Vietnam. So what's your excuse? Gets out and gets some nice things. He just wants to take care of shit. And then yeah, he tries yeah. to share that with his kid. But it's like too yeah. much of a... Uh, well, what happened with your attitude. parents? Like, was did they just decide it didn't work out? Your mom divorced him. Your dad divorced her. Uh, my mom kicked him out. Oh yeah, because yeah, there was a couple that he cheated and you oh. know, a couple oh, yeah. issues, you know. So yeah. it, uh, yeah, she booted him pretty early though. She didn't tolerate much, which I respect. But she's lenient with you. Yeah, lenient with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was lenient with me, and then um, I was an only child, so that's what. But she had to go back to work once my dad left, and then so then my aunt. And my grandmother raised me. So I was raised by three women, basically. Oh, Jesus. Well, she was at work. They took care of me. And they were all amazing to me. Is that why you... It's so great. But is that... That's why I kind of feel like, too, you couldn't... Before you, before your current relationship from... Uh, that's going on a year now, right? Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah. Before that, you only had one other real relationship. Not true. Okay, no. I'm, I'm asking. I'm, I'm confused with it. Because I remember there was one other relationship. There's one I'm talking about. That's the one thing I have to do. It's like, I now... I've lived in New York six years. So my friends like you that I've met... So I, moved to New I York. know there's ones from before. I'm just curious. Of what? Like serious relationships in my life? Yeah, because we've talked about it off and on, but I remember there was one chick, really, and then... Well, it depends on what you count, like... Uh, what would you count as a serious relationship? Well, I mean, you say something like, like <laughs> over a year, a seriously like, committed relationship. I've had probably four. I don't know. I, I was in a relationship from the time I was 19 till I was 23. Okay. I had another relationship from the time I was 25 to almost 27. And another one that was probably right when I sobered up, so that's 30-something to 33. I have to do it by my age. <laughs> <laughs> and then a year-and-a-half relationship. So I've been in serious relationships, but not back-to-back. I'm never back-to-back. It's always a few yeah, years off. Yeah, you got off. some gaps in there. Yeah. Yeah, you're like the opposite of me and uh, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> it's never rebound. I've never we done shingle. a rebound we go, but We're just in one, usually. Yeah, yeah. Just stay not single. I always yeah. try, like, I don't know. And the, the ones, like, in my 20s were, like, those stretches in between were really dark times. <laughs> oh, yeah. So being single, yeah, it was a real fucking mess. But well, I remember that, like, when I first met you, there was the one chick that really liked you. Um, Emma was her name. Emma was that it? Oh my god. See, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't count that. Yeah, yeah, I don't either because you didn't want anything to do with her. No, we were dating, and it was, like, casual, and I've, then she pushed for more. I've never seen a dude, like, less enthusiastic <laughs> that, like, in the beginning of our relationship. So I just thought Paul was fucked. I was like, you just you just don't. I can't see you. Because you're raised no. by all these women, which I thought possibly could have something to do with it. No, the girl Emma was just one of those things. It wasn't just chemistry. It was just like, oh, someone introduced us. That was fine. And we were hanging out for a bit, and that should have just been a couple months, and it grew into, like, five months. And then I was like, no, no, no. 
once she wanted to get serious with it. But no, it's just it wasn't there. So yeah, I know. <laughs> it didn't get tell. too carried away. I put my foot down at some point. I'm like, this can't go on. Yeah, what was the but, what was the breaking point with that one? Oh, Thanksgiving. She was like, come up and see the family or something. I'm like, no. <laughs> she stepped it up on me which I've, I've been into her but we just weren't like that she yeah. wanted to get very serious and at that time no not with her no it was just i wasn't into it like that she was very sweet but you know <laughs> that's what you always keep saying about her too. she was really nice she's like, very sweet that's like the worst like compliment of a comic they're, they're real they're a really nice person you know and then they're everybody just... just gave me the wrong advice too because her dad's a famous actor and they kept going you, you blew it you fucking blew it i'm like i'm never i'm not gonna stay together to get an agent or to well, get yeah, a fucking even... audition you're, you are a self-sabotager, but, you know, Probably, that's a, that's a yeah, whole different... Yeah. There's no... Like, for you especially, there's... It, it. I think it blows my mind as well as most comedians that you're not further along with what you do. I did everything backwards. Yeah, well, you're really holding on to that. I know. Uh, what do you mean, as far as in comedy? Yeah. Yeah. You don't try and you don't push for... I do try. I do push. But you know what? You... I put a lot of energy in the wrong places. Okay. I did. But there's a lot of opportunities. What do you mean you did backwards? I think I did it backwards. I started in, like, 98... Which I can't help, and then it's just a dead time in comedy. <laughs> but there was plenty of road work. So I got on the road, I got all this experience. I got to make a living as a comic early, but then I didn't move to New York or L.A. because I was too drunk. And I thought the road was great, and I thought I was naive, and I thought there was some path on the road mm, gotcha. to like being successful or getting some notoriety or building a fan base. Yeah. I just didn't pay that much. I really didn't pay any attention in my 20s at all. You're right. I didn't put any thought into it. I just went gig to gig. And I'm like, they're handing me money. I'm in Kansas City. I'm, I'm doing comedy. This is fucking great. Yeah, I'm drinking for free. <laughs> yeah. And then when I sobered up, I stepped it up. I'm like, oh, I need to do more, like, the business side of it. And I pushed harder, but still had to clean up all my drinking shit to get money together. And yeah, that you, took another few years. You and burned then, a lot of bridges with that, huh? Uh, and, uh, Not burned some. them, but, like, you were opening for some bigger people. When? When you were when you were drinking still, right? I like, Stanhope, like, didn't he choke you out one night? Oh, yeah, he choked me. Since then, we've seen each other since then, and everything's good. We've seen each other. He laughs at it and laughs about it. That That's was like I fucking mean. 10 years ago. That didn't burn a bridge. No, I know, I mean, but, but even that kind of stuff, like, I would, I would, if you have connections with people, I'm not, and you're not the kind of person who's like a, a wormy, networky, like, I'm no. just trying to, but that's the thing is, like, you should put a little more oomph into, like, like those people. And, like, I remember even before, like, you were saying about how Norton kind of, like, Artel, like, had mentioned, you know, hit me up. Or, and right. you just don't do that. That kind of stuff is what I mean. I know you work hard in the sense of... You're right stuff. about that. I don't push on those people that have and I, sort of helped me before. I, I don't know, because I'm always, like, really there. And to a fault where I'm like, I, no, I don't want to be the guy that's just... But they, they offer it. That's the other thing. They're like... Sometimes, yeah. They've helped. and But it's... Uh, no, I've never wanted to push too hard. So you're right. There's times there's a lot of uh, more ambitious people that get a, a lot more stuff because they actually go, hey, I would like that. And I'm like, well, I'll just do the set if I'm good... Then maybe someone will want to help. But then, you know, I realized late in this business, like, oh, you have to actually say it out loud of like. And people, you yeah. even said, I've actually said it to you. Like, hit me up next time you're here. Or, you know, I'm going to be down at the cellar. Why don't you come hang out or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I mean, I've gotten a little bit better about that, but I'm still, yeah. I mean. I have um, probably, I haven't pushed as hard as I could on things like that because I'm not good at that. I don't think I'm good at the. Uh, Being a person. Or no, just going to someone who was nice to me in the past, that who gets, there's a feeding frenzy around all at all times. If someone's asking something from them at all times, and I want to be another one, another fucking leech. So I always sort of steer clear of it until they volunteer something, which you can wait 20 years for. Or yeah, I should say something, yeah. you know? But I just don't want to be that person that's always needling someone. Like, can you get me this? Can you help me with that? Can you do that? I'm like, if they like me or like what I do, then 
they should maybe they'll offer someday mm-hmm. or I'll just keep doing sets and someone will give in hopefully <laughs> I don't know if that's worked but it's a real hard-headed path you know I should be more ambitious in that way but it's just not my nature and I'm you know but you don't have to be like you're saying like a leech or whatever you can just be a person like a human being I think at some point it's a personality thing too it's like yeah. not so much drive it's not that you're not driven or ambitious it's that it's like a personality you 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 know like you don't want to ask, you know, you don't, you're not the person that's like so self-absorbed. That's like, Hey, I need things from you. You know, right. like that's a personality thing. But I you don't mean, have to, you, you don't have to ask that in that way. You don't have to ask anything in general. It's like, first off, striking up a conversation or just being in, in, in a moment. Yeah, no, I mean, talking. yeah but th- yeah. there's like, there's a clear line, like with comics of people that are like, I'll, they'll ask for, you know, like they're just yeah. like, they're fucking self-absorbed. They're like the actor types, right. you know, they're like, I'm amazing. Look at my real check out a video I made of myself, you know, like th- those kind of people, honestly, like the people that are really good at social media, a lot of the times, you know, right. like they're just like crushing all the time. Cause they're so me focused. And there's like the more underground people that are like, they're great joke writers. You know, they're just fucking people talk about them, but they don't talk about themselves, you know? And that's like personality divide. I feel where it's like, and they feel very bad asking for things. Cause they're sure, not but you got to get over that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. rather than, rather than calling it a lack of ambition, I think it's a, personality trick. I didn't say like lack of ambition. I said, I said, he doesn't. can we roll back the tapes? I'm can pretty sure she said I, lack I, of ambition. I never said ambition. But I think, I mean, I have, and also with people like that, that are at that level, I mean, you do have to time it right and not just, I mean, they got to sure. be on guard at all times because someone's asking them for something all day, that. every day. That. So I'm always like, eh, maybe I'll wait for the right time. And sure, years pass by before you, you're it's like, oh, just, I haven't asked. It's not even just people though asking. It's like, I don't know, putting yourself out there. I mean, we were talking about it the other day, too. Like, Paul will, Paul will be like, what's my next step? <laughs> and I'm like, Paul, you're further along. I mean, I have no idea what to tell you. Well, it's, I've done it in this backwards way. I don't know. Like, I don't feel like... And I, now I'm finally getting to the point where, like, next year I'm staying here. Yeah. More, no matter what. In New York, Even the, not the financial devastation that it's going to cause. Because, <laughs> I mean, my income has been comedy. But this is the weird fucking thing. My income's been comedy for years. Mm-hmm. And now, late in the game... I've got to tear that down and rebuild it in a different way. Because I can make a living doing comedy. But, I mean, i got to get in a car. i got to get on a plane every week. And I'm not getting rich doing that. But I can make a living doing comedy until I'm just dead. But now everybody's like, no, you need bigger things. I, and I know I need bigger things. Yeah. You get in TV more so you can build a following. You can ask for more money from the clubs. But that means getting off the road. Cutting twenty, thirty thousand off my schedule, yeah. and finding it somewhere else to sit in New York City to do free sets for bigger things. You don't have to be doing free sets necessarily either. If you're pushing a little harder to get into yeah. certain clubs, you should be getting True. paid yeah. spots, especially someone at your level. Well, that's the goal for next year. So, have you been sending any of your tapes? To any of the clubs? yeah, all that stuff's going. I'm submitting. Okay, that's, stuff. Good, I know. that's good. I'm telling you, <laughs> but you know, it's uh, it's been a hard thing to come to terms with, and I fought it for the last two or three years in New York because I'm like, how do you let go of comedy work? Right. It pays. Some of it's not yeah, the you best don't, pay, yeah, but so I'm trying to, I'm not cutting all of it. I'm keeping the good paying weeks and then cutting some of the bullshit. I'm not driving 10 hours to a, a weekend in Virginia anymore. I'll get on a plane and go to Chicago for three nights for good money. Yeah, Paul not, made us yeah. go to a strip club one night. So Yeah, no more of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is in Jersey. If it's 30 miles away, I'll continue to do that. <laughs> but not 600 miles. Not Portland, Maine. Real lovely women. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, I know what you mean, but yeah. Are you, to, are you staying because of comedy, though? Is that the main thing or also because of your girlfriend now? I mean, both. I mean, I, I both. Honestly, I want to be home more. I want to actually devote a year or two to, like, being in New York and going out every night or six nights a week or six nights a week or whatever. And then also be home with her. I mean, of course. Yeah. See, it's, I mean, so, it's, so weird. it's so weird for me to hear you. 
You, you wouldn't even tell me you had a girlfriend at first. That was the thing about, well, I mean, <laughs> it's weird, like, dating a comic, so you don't know, and then it's a couple months, and then you get more serious, and then, you know, so everybody finds out, or you tell everyone, and then it just came out of the blue, and it's, you know, it's yeah, a healthy relationship. All, and you were all scared to tell me. Well, I don't know what to tell you. You're just going to fucking yell at me no matter what. <laughs> I was nice about it. I was, like, so nice. How could you be hesitant to disclose secrets to Justin? <laughs> yeah. What's Fuck wrong you guys. with you? I'm, who is this girl? I'm That's what you, you were like, who is this woman? Who is this girl? Well, you just <laughs> disappeared, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I disappeared. I didn't disappear. Well, I spent a lot of time with her, and then, you know, I, we'd go to shows, and then we just leave, you know? It was one they do. I wasn't hanging as late as I used to. And she's you know? a lot younger than you, right? That's the difference yeah, between being single and being in a relationship. You do your sets, and then you get the fuck out of there when you have somebody to Yeah, go you home go home. To. I sort of I like that, too, that we eh, can go. Not always. Well, not you, but you're horrible. You I'm know? not horrible. <laughs> but even when I mean, well, I guess it's different, too, because you're two <laughs> comics. Go fuck both of you right now. You're both dating comics. It's I, I've, I've married one, so fuck both of you. I get it, but we would stay out, I feel like, later because of that. It's great. It's in a, I'm in a healthy place, but I didn't see it coming. I don't know. It was one of those things. I had been single for, like... Ever? Four years. And then just, it happened. So it's great, yeah. And yes, she's younger, Justin. That's okay, Richie's the young man in his relationship. That's great. Was it by seven? I don't know. Seven, eight, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And yeah, like, that age gap doesn't matter. Doesn't it's matter. different when it's the dude sometimes. R- what? Oh, What's different? I'm, I don't think it is. I'm just fucking with you a little bit. Oh. Right. <gasps> 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 Why? Yeah, you're what? hurting me. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was asking me, she's like, what do you get when you tell people you're dating a 25-year-old? And I'm like, guys are like that. It becomes a high-five thing. <laughs> and then I'm like, what do you get when you tell them you're dating a 41-year-old man? And she said that everyone says, are you okay? <laughs> sure. I guess I get that. That's what she says. Which I, you know. That's funny. Yeah, we have no problem with it, so it's all out in the open. We both have jokes about it. Right. You know? Yeah, whenever anybody asks Micah's A's, they're just like, Good for her. Like it's, it's gross. I'm very objectified. Oh, poor you. No, well, no. It's just it's a weird thing to hear. Good for you. To your the good thing was everyone is worried about me when I'm single. I don't know what that is. Then I get well, a relationship and everybody's concerned again. But then <laughs> I just because I would go three or four years without a relationship and people can't stand that. People don't know what you're up to. They assume you're like well, you're lost freak. your mind. You are a freak. Like, I didn't though. move into the woods. But you go, you, but you're a, you're like a loner dude. Like you yeah, know, your roommates at the time of. were threatening to murder you. Like there was a lot. He had one roommate that was like threatening to like kill him in his sleep with a hammer. Oh, Jesus. that thing was a joke. I, I don't think that was a joke at all. I think that was very he serious. He did move to Minnesota. But. He moved away from. He moved across country to get away from you. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. You see me do that a lot with real severe like traumatic things that happened. Um. I was wondering about the dry drunk thing. I'm 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 oh, I'm yes. curious about that. About because you say you're not a dry drunk, and he, you say he is a dry drunk. I don't know what a dry drunk is. She could explain. Do it, you still want to drink? No. Uh, no. It's not. That's that's nothing to see, do with I, it. Yeah. See, that's what that's what my understanding oh, no, of no, it no. was. Is that you you long for drinking? Not at all. Not. I mean, no. I think as an alcoholic, that I, that doesn't ever completely maybe go away, or maybe it does. I don't. But I think the dry drunk part of it has nothing to do with like your cravings of alcohol or how much you want to still drink. It's all about the character defects and all the personality, tra- like all the things that were still like wrong with you when you were drinking that are still there. You just don't drink anymore. Probably like unresolved issues. Yeah. I've had people in the program tell me that, but they also go, I've had people in AA all the time tell me that fucking, they go, you're not an alcoholic. You're just an asshole drunk. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, well, first of all, I never wanted to be an alcoholic. They act like it's some kind of noble club to be. It's a terrible thing to be. Well, also when you get and I know people, I don't want to be in the club. But that's the thing. Certain people in the program really 
they do because that becomes their identity. It takes, that's, they that's, take that's, pride that's a, in this. That's, that's an, it's, yeah, because it's like they've almost like transferred one addiction to the other. Like now it's all about recovery and all about, you know. But it's not some elite group. I it's understand. not Delta Force. You didn't earn your way into something. <laughs> and it's 12 people on the planet can do it. Well, it's I like mean, everybody without self-control falls into it. You can still be a dry drunk in the program. Yeah, I don't know it's dry drunk. I'm not tempted to drink. It has nothing to do with it. I, unresolved issues. I feel like that's what a dry drunk is. That's not what it is. And that's only from my knowledge of quitting smoking, of that whole, like, of reading the whole quitting smoking Yeah, book. it has nothing It was to talking about, it referenced dry drunks. It's like, if you if you quit smoking, you know, people that quit smoking cold turkey and they don't get the mentality right in their head, they're always going to want a cigarette, you know? And it's like, you have to get that mentality of, like, I don't need cigarettes, and then you're a non-smoker. You're actually a non-smoker versus a person who wants to smoke but isn't smoking currently. You know what I mean? So that's, and, and that's, I don't know. It feels like if he doesn't want to drink, I feel like he's not a dry drunk. That's not what a dry drunk is. You're going off of a smoking book. Well, wait, so hold on. So anybody that has any sort of psychological issue before they stop drinking and they carry that over, they're still a dry, they're done a dry drunk? No, Paul just quit cold turkey without doing any kind of work though or anything or like working on the, the unresolved what issues. What if the unresolved it? issues were there before we drink? You know what I mean? Like, that's, what usually, what, that's usually what causes are... people to drink. That's why people like end up going into therapy and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not saying... That like some of them don't get resolved because you quit drinking. I'm not saying right. I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm the closest thing to a not professional. Yeah, it was just interesting that he's like, I don't I don't know what the hell that is, and you're like, no, you are one. It just because it sounds I don't know. I call Paul a dry drunk because I still feel like he does have a lot of character defects, and sure. I do feel like there's unresolved issues. <laughs> that was the <laughs> nicest <laughs> character defect. Because <laughs> it's like well, it's like it's like, like if you're he not had, here. if he got if he would get depressed every night and then go and drink himself into a, a sleeping coma, and now. He gets depressed every night and does something or like, you know, is like if he's still just that fucked up, then, yeah, I'd say like, and, you know, he's dying because he's not drinking. Then I would say, yeah, you're a dry drunk. But if he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. You know, like, yeah, he's just developed OCD now and codependency issues. And, you know, never, I'm, 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 <laughs> I don't know what all that is. The OCD I'll cop to, but, you know, it's like a healthy overcorrection. It sounds I mean, like a healthy overcorrection. I'm on. I'm on team healthy. Of course you are. Yeah. You're always against me. <laughs> to go the other way. Yeah. That's the other codependent over here. I agree. I there, know. I'm not, well, now I'm not against you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I agree that I'm always against you. I don't know. People say unresolved issues so much. I told a story to a, a friend that was in AA, and they. I didn't ever thought. I first of all, you tell me what this means. I don't even know why they <laughs> told me this. I was somehow online, the mall, the shopping mall I used to go to when I was a kid. I was raised by three women, you know, right? So they took me to the fucking mall. <laughs> Every Saturday. I set the foot of mannequins every Saturday. <laughs> and then uh, I found out like two or three years ago, the mall was being torn down. And I got all sad because I have so many memories of this mall. <laughs> and I found out someone who wrote a blog about the mall being torn. I don't know. I was digging deep into the internet. And there were photos of the mall being torn down. And I almost cried. Almost cried. I didn't cry. That would have been fun. And I was telling did. this to my friend who's in AA. And they're like, yeah, you got to get in treatment. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, what does that have to do with well, anything other than I'm sad? I'm like nostalgic of something fine, from my but childhood. Do you, ever, do you ever feel like that with anything else? Like, do you ever get emotional? Have you ever cried about your dad or any of that stuff? Uh, I guess when I was younger, but not lately. I haven't cried in a long time. Yeah, not like a real cry. I see something sad on TV and you're like, oh, almost. Oh, but And you also, let me explain something about Paul. <laughs> he also gets off, and I mean gets off, by uh, seeing somebody cry in the subway. No, well, listen. Or I have throw to clarify. up. I do love people throwing up. All right, yeah, yeah. I explain. love it. 
I'll, hold on. I'll give I'll give him a few lines on this. Let him let him defend. Oh, no, I'm Thank fine you. with Thank it. You. I'm just explaining that. First of all, I like watching men cry. <laughs> I love a grown man crying in public. It's my favorite thing. Your least favorite thing. I can see why you hate this. I get very emotional. You get very emotional about a man crying? Yeah, especially if they're fat. Really? If oh. it's a fat old man crying in public, so she'll well, it's, it's lose it. If it's their eating, really, but yeah. I don't I don't like to think that someone's like crying because a uh, family member just died. I like to think they're just like blowing something out of proportion. Right, and so I can laugh at it. Crying them. and throwing up. You crying like and throwing up with the combination. Thinks- but Vomiting, you, you, I think, is funny. It doesn't disgust me at see, all. I don't think he's a dry, dry. I think he's a dry mayhem. Like he needs hold to blow on, some shit up. Now. He needs to rip some I fucking shit off the wall. Yeah. Let me That's agree. what it is. Let me explain something. He else. hasn't been drinking and he hasn't been causing a bunch of fucking he ruckus. Just, he just said though, it amuses you to watch this man crying, but it's never in your mind. It's over something pathetic and little that they blew out of proportion. I hope. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If something happened, if they lost their grandmother, I don't want to. I feel guilty. I don't want to laugh at someone like that. But you know, I just but someone that's, that's just taking something too far. I'm just crying over something silly is what I like to think. But I never did see it. I drive around New York. I don't take that train, that wretched train anymore. (laughs) So I don't see people crying a lot. Vomiting is something that I love all the time. Man or woman. I think it's wonderful. It doesn't make me sick. The smell of it, I don't care. I mean, I don't want to vomit on my face, but if they could vomit, I could laugh in someone's face as they vomited. Like in great detail about how it was stringing across the floor and he just watched it and the face he gets, it's so disturbing how happy he is to watch this. Yeah, I mean, people farting and stuff is far more disgusting than someone vomiting. <laughs> I think shitting is so much worse than vomiting. I disagree. The smell of uh, vomit, vomit. Oh, throws, so throws me yeah. off so bad. I love but, it. See, I, I think I think he just needs more mayhem in his life. I think that's I what don't. I think that's what he longs for. I think he's bored. He gets bored with life with with a boring average life, and that's why he drank for so long. And he just needs to break shit. I think right. there are issues still. You know what? There's issues. Here's another thing. You could probably help me with this. I do want to bounce this off people. Do we have time for all this? We have so it's, much time. Well, for all right, good. My so I've been sober. What going on eleven years? 10, 11 years? I don't know. And I don't, I don't do it by the day. And <laughs> I know how I feel about other people drinking has changed in that time. And there's more anger towards drunks now Is than it? I had two years in a sobriety, five years in a sobriety. Like if we're playing, like man and I were playing pool next to two guys. It was just two pool tables, and these guys were just typical drunks. They just weren't trays of shots. Eventually, at least, they're like yelling, they're like hitting on the waitress. They're not doing anything to us. And then, then they, you know, eventually he's in his phone, the one guy, and he's talking about pussy predictably. He's yelling at a Jets game. And I just was like seething. I'm like, we have to go. We have to. F- I hate this human being. And maybe I met too many of that human being where I dread, like, this guy's going to tap on my shoulder and I'm going to lose my fucking shit. <laughs> he hates he hates average, boring, predictable people. Thanks. That's I what it is. I think you're also yes. just older, and that thing's just really fucking annoying. But that's what he hated before. When I was drunk, it <laughs> did bug me, and that's what I got tired of seeing. But now I see it didn't bother me for like five, six years ago. I'd just go to pool. I'm like, they're loud. Let's just leave. But now I'm like, I don't know. I'm almost analyzing it. I'm trying to figure out why I drink and why other people drink. It's because I, life's boring or life's hard. I think can't it's cope. I think it's different for everybody, though. That's the thing. And but I go, I guess I fault drunks and I fault myself. And I'm like, you talk, you drink because life is boring, but then you're just a louder version of your predictable <laughs> self. <laughs> you're an amplified version of that. Yeah. I was too. And I'm like, it doesn't do anything. It changes the chemicals. It fools you into it. It's a mirage. But I'm like, it's nothing. You're just loud screaming about a football game or pussy or whatever else. And it doesn't go anywhere interesting. I then maybe when I was drunk, I tried to create something interesting and got arrested a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd give someone a good story to tell. You just get you gotta start surprising yourself again, I think. If I, it, guess. I mean with the dry drunk thing, I mean Ugh. 
Look, Jesse, I'm right. No, all right? you're really not, but okay. I'm I'm for, for sure oh, right. Just you're for sure like, right. Yeah, go, like crash <laughs> the guy, a car the, into some shit. Oh, on wait, the, on the I'm drive sorry. Home. Did you not just do that and have a whole new bit about crashing the car? See? Range Rover. Yeah. How fun it was, was it? An accident, How fun though, was it, right. though? It was fun? It was pretty good. It was exhilarating there. It was exhilarating. I, yeah. I, I hated it. I hated the guy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the guy. A lot of rage. Well, I mean, in and, that, I and that's you don't plan to don't crash mind. into the Range Rover <laughs> in the sensor. You know, you just want to crash a car, though. Also, don't crash I, a fucking car. Also, Richie's the guy who had bronchitis for the last month and just didn't do anything about it. Well, no, that has nothing to do with. Yeah, it. it's fine. He's drinking now on his antibiotics, so it has nothing to do with. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not telling him to drink. I'm, I'm saying, not, no, I'm, no. Ju- I'm saying, don't drink. Just. I think start Paul... ripping more fans out of the fucking wall. I know. You know, I think it, that'll be that's the good swing back because he swung into like OCD, which like, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming, but like cleanliness and all that organization, everything you got that's no, to help you swing psycho. back. So you don't swing back to drinking, but you just swing back to at least destroying shit, destroying stuff. I could do that. A little, if I a little disorder. Jail again. A little disorder is, is good. It's not the same thing. I mean, the shows give me some kind of release when a show is good. I don't really know what I do without comedy, but yeah, I'm still. <laughs> I still struggle to know what to do with my anxiety and all my energy. Yeah, so, I I, we all do though. You pace, every comic you, pace you, a go, lot. you need to go to those places where they you, like you pay to go in a whole, like a room and just smash Break it with a shit. baseball bat. Yeah, you need to do yeah. that. Whatever organization you have in your in your house, just fuck it up a little bit. Fuck I, bet, it up I think you'd be bored with that because it seems too typical, especially if you're paying to go into a room to smash something. You'd be like, <laughs> yeah. I can't now. Well, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. But you need to do, you need to do a mini, miniature version in your own house. If, you, if, you, if you're like too, too over-organized or too clean or whatever, just fuck it up for yourself a little bit. You it's know? already pretty messy. So, yeah, my room is messier than you would think. I'm not <laughs> the neat freak that I want to be. I want to have more control, but when you live in an apartment with three other people, like you, I only get so much control. Your control issues—that's so a big thing too. Control with what? Any everything. Uh, I don't know. I don't a control freak. I think that's I why definitely it, don't try to control other people. If Paul sees a piece of paper flying around anywhere, he has to pick it up because he has convinced his brain that is his his social security card that has somehow gotten. Where, where's your bank? That is that. Where, where, where's the safe? It's actually in. This, uh, it's down south. My family. <laughs> yeah. And Paul could be in fucking Michigan. <laughs> and he sees, and he runs to the piece of. I've seen him run to a piece of paper. Wait. And so pick yeah. What 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 are your symptoms of like OCD? Like what? The stuff I have is like paper is really bad. I hoard receipts a lot of times. <laughs> Even you're, though they don't. Are you nervous? You're nervous about your personal information. Yeah. Getting out there, and I very. I'll check my wallet. It's always in the front, but I'll check for my debit card ten times a day. Like anytime I took it out, I'm like, I was at a bodega and I'm like, I, and I'll be in the car. I'll pull out my wallet while I'm driving, check, make sure license, debit cards, everything's in there. Keys. I'm always like padding. Are you afraid of identity theft? Identity Nobody theft. Nobody wants and to then be also, you, Paul. And also the thing too, it's just about like the stuff that I own and then people's taking like a jacket. I'll never throw my, I see comics lose their jackets at clubs all the time. I, if I could take my jacket on stage. <laughs> I never lay my jacket down. Just throw it in a heap in the back of the room. Gotcha. It's Ever. Just the thought, it's, it's the thought of losing something. Keys, phone. Yeah, um, I've had panic on stage because I forgot <laughs> where my phone was. Like I knew what stool. Like there's a chair and a stool, and I looked at the wrong one and I panicked. I'm like, <laughs> someone came up here and took it. You should see when we leave a hotel room. Oh yeah, that's a the bad. The process one. that Paul has to go through. It's like it's li- it's like legit something you watch on TV. Have you done things? Have you ever lost something in the past? Is that I, always, I lost a pair of shorts at a Marriott in Atlanta in 2003. I mean, like a major thing. And I'm still not over it. Uh, <laughs> still not over it. No, just shorts. But I see my you friends lose had- all this shit. I fucking, I live with Taylor, who was the worst. And then I was just, I'm like, 
and all the OCD stuff I do on stage, I'm like, I've, I just realized like a week or two ago, I've never lost a phone charger. That's what everybody, I've never lost one phone charger in 41 <laughs> years of life. And I right now, in my drawer, because I hoard things, I have a droid phone charger if you need it. I have a Blackberry phone charger and I have the phones too. I don't let anyone have those phones. <laughs> There's photos from fucking Have you ever tackled this? Have you ever like tackled this and like try to throw shit out? Uh, I can do it with the receipts. Because I have shoe boxes of receipts. <laughs> I can do it with paper trash. Paper. Like this. Paper. But I haven't done it with like some of the bigger stuff. Yeah, some of that stuff's in boxes. And if I open it up, people would just be. I mean, it's nothing but just like old things that should be thrown away. Yeah. And it's disturbing to other people. Like, why would you hold on to that from 2007? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. They have my information on it. And people are like, well, wipe the phone clean. I'm like, I don't trust it. I don't, Control I don't believe it can be wiped clean. I believe yeah. someone can get that information back. What do you think they're going to do with your information? I don't even care if they get a dick pic or anything like that. But it's, <laughs> it, I don't know. I feel like it's just someone could what ruin do, my life. Who do, you, who do you think has it out for you so bad? No one. But. Yeah. I, I don't know what it, I don't know where this came from. See, you need to, that's the thing you need. It's like to a like. lack of trust in the general public. Yeah, I really have a lack of trust in like strangers. I have no trust in strangers. Oh, I by know the that. Way. Friends, people that have proven themselves to me, <laughs> but to be like people, someone walking at me on the sidewalk, I don't trust that human being. I don't assume they're good. <laughs> Ever. I don't think the driver next you, to me. I like, assume the worst in people. I know they're not all bad. Do you like check your credit and shit like that? Uh, I've had it checked because of you apartments and stuff. <laughs> I, I did some serious no, I mean, damage I, I just to mean, it. As far as like, as far as like, because you know you're afraid of like your personal identif- personal information, and everything. But like, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to find. I'm, I'm just like, We're yeah, just trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just wondering. Like, is it the thing where you think you check your credit? Like, there was a time in my life where I was checking my credit every three fucking months, and I was like, ah, like identity <laughs> theft. And I got, my yeah. dad's like that. My dad's really crazy with like. Right. You know, when he was like sending shit over for apartment, he was like, I don't want them to have anything with my social on it. I'm like, you're fucking crazy. You, you know? said like, your dad's like a- that too. What, my dad? Yeah, you said your dad's kind of OCD. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe some of it was hereditary. I don't know. I look at it now and yeah. Maybe it's learned from when you're both I mean, I've given, up, I've given up A because I don't have anything to steal anymore. Like credit, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's whatever. But also it's just like, I, it's like through education too. I was like, I mean, like, it's pretty hard to fucking do, you know, I mean, especially with receipts and everything. I mean, there's a certain amount of education you can give yourself or like, you know, your shit can't be stolen. But right. if it's like a general just lack of trust, but, you know. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I know it's irrational. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not. That's why my dad did new. My dad, I think, did have OCD. And I used, I maybe you helped me with this. I told someone like two years ago, I was like talking, I'm like, remember when you like, when you were a kid and your parents were like teaching how to shower or bathe properly? I'm like, the nail and then thing. they do. My dad would do my cuticles yeah, like yeah. after a shower for like 40 minutes. Mm. You've Every told time. me this. He sent me on, he's like, sit on the edge of the tub. He'd comb the fucking knots out of my hair and then do my <laughs> cuticles for 40 And it hurts your cuticles when you're like, oh, yeah. as a kid. It's fucking excruciating. So I told someone this and they're like, no one's dad does that. No one. <laughs> Never. And I look back on it and I go, he's a monster. Then I go, my nail bed is amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. And it didn't hurt anything. But see, you, make jokes about, you make jokes about everything. That's a, th- that's a problem, though. It is funny what you're saying, but at the time you were probably traumatized as a child. Yeah, I didn't understand it. Right. And, and I assumed every father did this and they were just. Uh. Yeah, but even like as someone, it was probably me because like we've had this conversation. Yeah. That's not a thing. That's not a, that's no. not a dad thing to do. But can I fault him for it? I don't know. You're interested. Have, you, no- have <laughs> you ever been at a point where you lost like everything, where you like didn't have all your, sh- all your shit, like a major move or like, I'm just thinking like, I, I started hoarding a little bit too. I started getting all kind of like you know, hoardy with my stuff uh, when I was in Arizona and then I got a divorce and I just sold everything and I moved here with like two boxes and ever since then I've been like bare minimum. Like I go through every three months and I'm just like throw it all out. 
everything. I'll, I'll regret it later. You know, like I'll throw out yeah. too much shit to the point where I'm like, God, I wish I didn't fucking do that. You know, like, uh, do you ever have you ever done that? Have you ever done a clean out? Have you ever had to have like a? I think when I, I mean, when I was drunk, I didn't own anything when I was drunk, and then I made so many moves <laughs> uh, that I didn't have much, mm. and I lose stuff in the move or okay. after a breakup and stuff. And then when I came to New York, I didn't have much. I had my room. Right. It was very depressing, and uh, it was a bed and a lamp. And it was very that. depressing. And now I have some more stuff in there, but I still don't own a lot. I don't buy, like, expensive but things. But you keep so. it all. Yeah, I keep it all. Right. Pointless thing. There's just boxes okay, so of bullshit. Part, it's, part of the, it's part of the pendulum swing, then, really. Yeah. Just going from having nothing to, like, never never letting go of anything. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, I got you. There's weird, like, I, all right, I, hear, I have a backpack that I've taken everywhere for the last <laughs> 10 years. It's gone all over the world with me, and the zippers <laughs> are broken. The one pocket's ripped off, and I will not give it away, and I still go to airports looking like I'm homeless sometimes. I have such sentimental attachment to this backpack. Well, then I want to get it fixed, and I don't want to get People just like, buy a new backpack. I'm like, no, this thing's been in like 10 countries with me, and I get attached when you to were- something like that. And then there now there's a backpack. Now I have three, two backpacks that are ripped apart that I won't throw away that are in my room, and then two other, like a rolling suitcase and another. I have like all this luggage and stuff. How was it growing up with money? Me? Yes. What do you mean growing up with money? Did your family we have money? Grow, no. You grew no. up poor? Uh, middle class, lower middle class. Was your dad very strict, though, about you not wasting? No, we never made it to that point. Um, He was doing okay, I think, even at that point. But he, we never got to the money talk because I, I stopped seeing him when I was 10 or right, 12. So I had no with your mom? That, yeah. What? With your mom, being a single mom raising you. Right. Money wasn't tight? Uh, Money was tight. I understood that. But then she was always sort of went above and beyond and found a way and it got me like nice i mean we didn't have so you were ton very, of stuff, but i got a lot of toys i got a lot of things i mean i was spoiled but you were to pre- a certain extent were you but, I mean, appreciative it a, of it or were you yeah i was very great i mean like i don't know maybe i was a shithead kid didn't understand how hard money was to get but uh yeah i got a lot of stuff in that way nothing like but yeah all the toys i wanted or skateboards or this or that she found a way to get me that and at the time no i wasn't grateful enough now i am now i realize what she did well what's the sentimental thing then for certain like the backpack or the mall being torn down i don't know i don't know what that is i don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> if you could see paul's face right now gonna, i don't know but i know i have a weird attachment to like the stuff i'm proud of the stuff that i've done in comedy and the places that i've been and the places in the world so anything that's gone with me i sort of want to keep or i have I have all these weird, like, souvenirs. Okay. And like, comedy ended today, I'm like, oh, I got to do cool shit. And I have all these, like, weird, you know. I don't care if it's a fridge magnet or the backpack went with me to the Middle East. Anything that went with me, I'm like, that's crazy that I got to do that. And I, like, hold on to it. And I have this weird attachment. I told my buddy this one time, and he's like, "Uh, attachment, sentimental or emotional attachment to inanimate objects is a sign of mental retardation. (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) <laughs> she might be right. And I don't I, think that seems that seems far. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, can can you differentiate in your head of like things like your backpack? Obviously, sentimental value. Like you wouldn't ever throw that away. You know, you'd like right. rather fix it. Can you in your mind be like, so receipts and old phones? I should throw that away. Or yeah, do you attach that. do you attach value to those as well? No, I know that's completely pointless. I okay, should throw gotcha, it away. Gotcha. I sh- I know I should throw this away. And what they're just should, hidden in should, boxes. So you should like bar- yeah, you should like bargain with yourself and be like, all right, keep the backpacks. Yeah. Get them, like go get them fixed. You know, like get them right. fixed, get them workable. You know, be like these are my fucking backpacks. What would happen if, going if, if you lost one of them though? Or if, if I lost one, I mean, it'd be a traumatic experience, but I would go on. I mean, I'd be fine. <laughs> I would you lose cry? My mind. Would you no, I wouldn't cry. I'd just be upset about it. I'd be angry about it. 
I want to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> and I would lose more faith in humanity that You'd someone fuck, took my backpack. You would go Liam Neeson taking yeah, it for his backpack. My backpack. <laughs> it is one of those, I had a, uh, this was like 10 years ago, it was a serious relationship. We moved in together and I had boxes of receipts at that time. <laughs> this was fresh in my like, sobriety and became my like hoarding of receipts. And she's like, Can we're not fiction? moving in with this. Bo-. She's like, you're getting rid of them. She's like, I have a paper shredder. And you're going to sit down and do this. And I'm like, I don't trust that paper shredder. <laughs> I go, I'll do it by hand. And I took every receipt and looked at it and ripped it by hand. Just She's like, them. you're insane, but whatever it takes. <laughs> took six hours that day to get rid of those receipts. She let me do it because it was getting rid of the bullshit. I just now dread the chore of it, I think. Oh, yeah. So why don't you just keep saving them some more and more pile up? But it would make me nuts if you took a box that I just had of receipts and just threw it in the trash in front of me. That would make me crazy. Yeah, you should set them on fire. I should set him on fire. Should, yeah, I mean, to he, save yourself some time. He wouldn't do it, though. You couldn't do it. You'd freak out. No, I would probably look at each one and throw them in the fire. It would take <laughs> two days. <laughs> I'm like, let me make sure I don't need this for my taxes. That's it always is, my excuse. I need it for my taxes. Oh, God. You don't need shit for your taxes. It is weird, because with Paul, <laughs> I think you're completely screwed up, but, like, you function yeah, fine in society. Like, you're, like, the opposite of most of the people we have on. Like, they usually have a very weird issue. Like, I mean, you have issues. Don't get me wrong, but, like. You seem to, I think you also mask a lot of them with humor. Maybe, but I, I'm not hiding from anything. I mean, I cop to whatever my issues are. Yeah, I don't you make know. a joke, I mean, but I mean, it works. Yeah, and I don't think I have anything that really hurts anyone else. Like, I don't think anyone, it makes anyone else's I mean, life if I was harder. your girlfriend, I'd be pissed about the fucking receipts, but. Yeah, I mean, she, occasionally she'll see them. She's like, what are you doing? You gotta <laughs> do something with that. I'm like, I know, I know. But she doesn't have to face them too much. I keep them away. They're like in boxes. I mean, that's the craziest thing I do. I don't know. Have you had a major like death in your family? Your mom and dad are still alive. Yeah, mom and okay. dad are still alive. Do you feel like you would inherit a lot of stuff if you like just want to? You know, it's a dark place to go. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it is. But like, you know, especially with hoarding, and when a traumatic experience happens, you know, like I don't if, think he's a hoarder, hoarder though. Like, I think you're thinking of it differently too. Like, because he's saying receipts, he doesn't like collect a lot of things. Well, but he attaches sentimental value. So right. it's like you know, some people, sometimes people will go through like that's a, a lot of it uh, when you watch like extreme hoarding. You right. know, it's like when someone passes you know then like you know, the attachment parents part? will have like ch- children pass and they'll be like well i saved every stuffed animal <laughs> not only that the child had but then they've seen since then so like yeah. well this teddy bear reminds me of my you know what i mean so like i'm just asking you know it's, just, it's, it's like it's, it's like a <laughs> mental prep it's a mental pre- preparation too it's like you know something like that were to happen is, are you going to be inherited you're going to like be dealing with you know a house full of stuff and it's like I, I might get some, yeah, photo albums and stuff like that. Stuffed animals <laughs> from my childhood. There's somewhere in a storage locker. I, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's another thing. Your storage locker was destroyed and you were fine with it. Which one? When, when Sandy hit. Oh, yeah. That's what, it, yeah, my life was devastated. Superstorm <laughs> Sandy, please. Thank you. Uh, yeah, devastating. I lost a pillow top mattress. It was brand new. An Oof. AC unit and wow. a new desk. Shattered. Ruined. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I, how did I recover? I'm strong. That's how I did it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I forgot about that. I had to suppress yeah, that. It's like, that's the same thing with like your recovery stuff. But like. nothing was in there. All the important stuff. <laughs> was in your apartment? It was gone. Yeah, it was just the major yeah furniture that I lost and had to replace. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, devastating. I lived through Superstorm Sandy, though. I survived. Shut the fuck up. I was in the Bahamas when it happened. Oh, God. But it did hit the island, That's too. That's the thing. Is, like, just me, palm trees me and James, my ex-husband, are like, over in Staten Island, like, doing fucking hard work, like, <laughs> gutting houses. And Paul's just like, I can't believe my mattress cover was ruined. It was ruined. <laughs> ruined. Pillow top mattress. First bed I ever purchased for myself. <laughs> Gone. And now I have some, like, shitty bed. 
It will never live up to this pillow top mattress <laughs> that's floating in the Atlantic or whatever it is. Oh, that's sad. Was it, 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 like a, was it a mattress store mattress? <laughs> I actually bought it from a comic who <laughs> got it from a mattress store. He was one of these guys who worked for a moving company, and I don't know where he got it. Maybe he stole it. I don't know, but I gave him 200 bucks for it. And it was great. It was amazing. It was brand new. Dude, 200 bucks on Amazon, you can get a memory foam mattress. There. Really? Yeah, I just got one. They're amazing. Oh, ten, inch, 10 inch memory foam. All really? memory foam. Not, not foam top. Memory foam. All of it. See, that's what I, I have a shitty bed bucks. that I got from some discount Jersey warehouse. They just threw it at my front door for 200 bucks. And then Amanda gave me the foam thing. That's the only thing to keep my bed alive is the, the foam, foam top. The foam top. She gave me one of those. I was looking into a foam top because they were swearing by it. I was looking at the foam top, like I 70 bucks or whatever, yeah. you know? Whole foam mattress is 200 yeah, you have to do they that. They ship yeah. it rolled up, you know? You just cut it. It inflates itself. It's I crazy. It. It's amazing. I need it. Yeah. Best thing I've ever had in my life. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's great. I respect beds so this is what This is what the podcast is about. It's just Amazon <laughs> recommendations. <Yeah. laughs> this is the stuff you need. This yeah. is the stuff. I want a Tempur-Pedic bed. You can uh, you know what I'm gonna, No, you know what I'm going to buy you, Paul? One What's of those, that? the lockers you can do. You can do the, you can buy the lockers. The, the storage units. Yeah. I do storage unit. I do, I do storage unit auctions. Oh, okay. People lose their oh, yeah, yeah. oh, they're great. So much fun. I'm just going to buy you shit. one and then see if you can like let go of the stuff that doesn't matter in it. What do you mean just put it in there? One, once it, you inherit it, I'm going to buy I'm going to purchase it and I'm going to give it to you. So you're going to have all that. All that stuff's going to be yours. I'm going to see if you can get rid of it. Someone defaults oh, on their tough. storage unit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I keep their stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah you buy their shit. Uh, yeah, I could get rid of their shit. Easy. Could you? If it so wasn't easy. valuable, I could easily throw it away. What yeah, if, I have no attachment to it. What if you found value? What if like I died? I would keep that. What if I died and that was the last thing I bought you? Yeah, I get rid of it. You know, <laughs> no problem at all. That's it. Some storage unit. Yeah. Paul, do you, can, where do where can people find you? Online. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that. PaulHooperComedy.com. And then everything else is Paul Hooper Comedy. <laughs> if you Google it. Yeah. It's all out there. <laughs> Online. I don't even. I mean, this was a fun one, but it made no sense. Oh, it made <laughs> great. This was the greatest one. I've, I I loved it. We jumped around. This I there's a couple of. Th I forgot what we, I wanted to talk about. One of them more. I mean, I wanted to talk about the elephant. All of other it. than that, we did twenty on each topic. An extra twenty minutes. Well, to you, you never shut the fuck up. I know. Try sharing a room with Paul with his OCD and just going. Ah! Marty. Yeah. Oh to, God. So you need to a get rid of your shit and b have more mayhem. You need to combine the two. Yeah. Have a mayhem. Right. Get rid of all your shit. Burn it. Blow it all up, yeah. Well, I would do that if someone will help. And then you save like three backpacks. You get, you get like Incredible. five things that you love that you keep, you know. And then you got to take care of them, you know. You get them refurbished. That. You get the new zippers on them. All the shit. Keep those. Mayhem. Burn it. Burn it all. I'm up, up for that. Ugh. I would do Fire. that. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Blow it up. <laughs> Marty. <laughs> Marty. <laughs> That's what Paula does do randomly. <laughs> yeah, it annoys people so much. I know. I think I like making people laugh, but annoying them. <laughs> That's, there is something wrong with me, right? Yeah. He's, a, he's a fuck. He's a little. He's a little, Yeah, he's a little fucking like hyper kid, you know. Just like always. I think it's beyond that. I never know why the audience, like in these comedy shows, I don't know why they don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, jokes, but I don't know why they don't like to be just fucked with. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be fucked with. Even if I'm confused and you get angry, there's entertainment in that. Isn't there? I hate totally. that we have to just tell them a story. Yeah, Paul's doing right great. Exactly Paul, the way Paul it is doing just fine. <laughs> I Richie, just want Richie. to torment these crowds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Richie thinks you're fine. I think, you're I think he's great. I think you're beyond help, so. This is so much fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. I love it. I know my car got towed. <laughs> Oh. What borough are we in? <laughs> I don't know how to end this.
What? This, this podcast. PaulHooperComedy.com. Paul Hooper. <laughs> Online. PaulHooperComedy.com. Yeah. yeah, I don't tweet a lot. I retweet. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet at him on Twitter. Don't don't follow. Don't don't do it. Just tweet at him and get a retweet. That's it. I will. Yeah. <laughs> Show lineups. That's all I put. I'll retweet this podcast. When's this coming out? <laughs> I, I don't know yet. Uh oh. Backlog. This might never come back. It's got to come out. No, we're just gonna release this to your uh, enemies <laughs> and the, and the strangers that hate you and want to know about you. <laughs> the world's up to something. Oh Jesus! Here we go. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Justy, where can we follow you? Um, see, you're good. See, Richie always jumps in when there I get him go. to Justy Dodge uh, Twitter. Richie, and I'm Richie Tolway. I'm sick. Is that good?